one one of the things when I got into the industry over 10 years ago, I would look around the room at different events and I'd see some of uh, my fellow uh, injectors there. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to be that. This is the Bold Bitch Podcast, where I dive deep into conversations around taboo topics. I'm your gay, ADHD-having, and compulsively curious host, Gia Goodrich. And among many things, I have a very low tolerance for bullshit. So each week, I have intriguing conversations with experts, tastemakers, rebels, and rule breakers who choose to boldly show up and own their opinions in this crazy call-out culture we live in. Speaking your mind and trusting your gut isn't easy, but the boldest, truest version of yourself is exactly what the world needs. Well, hi there. I just want to let you know that I 100% see you, you beautiful human that's like trying to make your way in the world, sometimes smiling, sometimes curling in a ball, crying to yourself, overwhelmed about how fucking crazy the world is. I just want you to know, I see you. I think you're fucking amazing. Yes. And I don't know how much of that is just because I need to hear myself say it because I want somebody to say that to me, but I want to make sure that you hear that because this has been some crazy times and I think it's really hard to show up as our bold self, especially when you have like these other things that we're thinking about. And today I'm super excited to have on today's guest because we had this really amazing conversation about aging and about beauty and how to really cultivate that inner radiance. And it's just been something I've been obsessing really a lot about. And I think about it and it really the underlying source seems to be that the more things I have going on that I feel like are out of my control, like right now we're currently pre-launching this podcast. So there's all of this stuff up in the air. We're doing all this stuff for the first time. And the more I feel like my dream, my success is just out of my reach, the more I feel like I fixate on the stuff I feel like I control. And so I've just been noticing that I've really been obsessing about my skin and about wrinkles and movement and getting Botox and all this kind of stuff that really is not negative, but the way I'm obsessing about it is kind of negative. And what I loved about our our conversation is that so much of what she talks about is how to address it from the outside, but really address things from the inside as well. So I love you. And I really think you're going to love this conversation. Sunspots, fine lines, asymmetry, puffiness, crow's feet, drooping, sagging. I don't want to think about any of it. And yet I feel like something magically happened when I turned 37 and all of a sudden it is literally all I can think about. I go back and watch some of my favorite old movies and I find myself thinking, oh, well, how old was Renee Zellweger when she recorded this movie? And do I look younger or older than her? Or how old is Nicole Kidman right now? How does she look in this? Am I going to age that way? Or how do I try to figure out how to age like Jennifer Lopez? I don't know how, but I feel like I really need that (laughs) to be a thing. And it's just, it's a lot. And I feel like I also have this thing and I don't know how real it is, but I feel like I want to be beautiful and I want to age gracefully, whatever the fuck that means. But I also feel like I have not yet 
hit my peak beautyness, my peak of beautiosity. And I feel like by the time I finally get my life together, there's a chance that I might already start be going downhill and I will never reach my actual beauty peak that I know I'm capable of. And that might sound ridiculous. That might be ridiculous, but I just, I don't know. It's all a lot and I don't want to think about it at all. However, I'm excited about today's guest because if there's a person who can calm me down and guide me through this journey, it's her. She's a board certified aesthetic nurse specialist who's performed more than 20,000 procedures. And she's helped the gamut of humanity from everyday schmucks like me to A-list celebrities unlock their beauty potential, emanate with the most luminosity, radiance possible. She's a trainer, a speaker, an award-winning author, and industry leader, helping teach the science of beauty. And I feel like she's probably the closest thing to the impossibly sexy Isabella Rossellini in Death Becomes Her, except her potion is science-backed and will legitimately help you stay young and beautiful and maximize your beauty potential in the best way possible without the annoying side effects. She's a gorgeous, ambitious, intelligent person, and I absolutely love her. The fabulously bold bitch, Rachel Varga. Probably the coolest intro I've ever had. So oh, yay! Oh, beauty, beautyosity. Oh my gosh, that just, <laughs> that develops with age. So we'll talk all about when you can expect your beautyosity to drop. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Because let's start with this. Why am I all of a sudden, I swear, in my 20s, even in my 30s up until now, I've never been obsessing about age or fine lines or any of that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, I feel like it's hit me like a ton of bricks to where I can't, I don't even know what to do about it. So why are we obsessed with age? And, and what is it about kind of that that moment? And is it just me? I would say the quest for looking beautiful is nothing new. And if you look at, you know, Egyptian times, there was the um, beautification, the eyeliner that they would make from coal. Or I think I remember hearing yes. that they would make eyeliner from like ant eggs or something like that and put all this crazy dye on their faces. <laughs> and this has been going on for a very long time. And what you are talking about in noticing that shift in your personal aging journey is something I hear actually all the time. So for me, I started my journey of looking after myself in my teens, uh, witnessing my mom lose like 70 pounds. So from a young age, I definitely learned how to eat well and look after myself. And then in my, you know, when I hit 25, I started to notice a couple of fine lines and wrinkles. And that, so what happens is kind of like that late 20s, early 30s, we're starting to see the first signs of photo damage, loss of collagen and elastin. We definitely see a, a bigger uptick of that between the ages of 37 to 41. And then, mm -hmm. then menopause happens. Then it's like 30% loss of your collagen <laughs> overnight. It is a hard happy, truth happy joy, joy. <laughs> that women, our faces change shape three times faster than men's between the ages of 50 and 60. Like how unfair is that? Okay, so I always thought that this was like a weird kind of Hollywoodized thing that men were allowed to age handsomely while women were retired. But 
it sounds from what you're saying, like there actually is a little bit of science in terms of the rate at which we age. I mean, obviously, like canceling people because they're too old is not a cool thing at all. But but that's that's actually a thing. Yeah, absolutely. I actually share a statistic. It's from a, a, a paper, an academic article, I believe from 2017, 2018. You'll have to fact check me. But I do mm-hmm. actually show that chart on my Instagram uh, account at Rachel Varga Official. Uh, okay. I'm just going to have okay. to like repost it now so it's at the top of the feed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my great things to look forward to. Okay. So what are the classic signs of aging that we tend to be really nervous about? and Is there some, I mean, I know there are a series of interventions that you really practice and lead with that we can try to slow it down or do it in a better way. Where do I start with that? That is a loaded (laughs) question. (laughs) I would say kind of the first things that starts to bother people when clients are meeting with me for the first time is usually something along the lines of lines between the brows around the eyes, forehead lines, uh, red acne scars. It's called post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. FYI, everything we say here is not medical advice. It is educational information only. If you think you have a health condition or suspicious lesion or skin cancer, you got to get that stuff checked out by your dermatologist. That's really important to, like you said in the the very eloquent intro, that our skin is our largest organ and it is 100% a reflection of what's going on inside. So the irony of someone like me is that I've basically created a very successful career providing rejuvenation procedures. And I've really come to learn that healthy living is the key to aging well and becoming in tune and intuitive with what our body, mind, spirit, energy needs. And that is then alluding into something called radiance. And that is actually probably the most challenging thing to cultivate. And I see women in their 60s and up actually really have this dialed in. So it takes time to cultivate that. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I was really drawn to you is because I feel like we have so many people who are really quick to offer something topical or Mm -hmm. a solution that feels magical. And I can think of like commercials for under eye cream or something that like tightens it and oh you gosh, know yes. and um and it what i loved about Save your money what, there is no cream to correct your under eye bags and dark right. circles please well quote me I, on that I, I read somewhere that or heard somebody talking something where they said it's like there is this product that's kind of like spanks for your under eye yeah. area After and you can put it on like that right yeah Yeah, Yeah. it's like a basically a polymer that you apply in the area and it lasts for the day and it's great for actors if they have eye bags. Um, I actually did a really great YouTube video titled How to Get Rid of Eye Bags. And I kind of focus on JLo and Olivia Wilde just simply as examples uh, because they do have different aging processes. So that is definitely something that's used a lot. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it. In fact, I was introduced to it a number of years ago and basically offered to sell it to my clients. I'm like, this is not addressing anything. I'd much rather clients spend that money that like $300 for the kit to do that, spend $250 on a solid, complete medical grade skincare routine covering your basics, cleanser, moisturizer, sunscreen, and scrub, as opposed to just going to something that isn't actually going to benefit your skin at all. Yeah. Instead of fakery, for sure. Well, hey there. Just 
quick little break to talk to you about the Bold Bitch Mafia because we are an independent podcast and the one way that you can really show up and support us is by joining the mafia. All you have to do is go to boldbitch.com slash mafia. And not only do you get the personal satisfaction, the bonus good person points in supporting us, but you also get exclusive access to all sorts of cool things like the weekly debrief with myself and our amazing podcast producer, the honorable Brittany Blair Wright. And monthly AMAs, ask me anything. And that is really where we're going to super connect with you, our amazing Bold Bitch community. So all you have to do is go to boldbitch.com slash mafia and you can join and support for as little as $5 a month. And I can tell you, I will personally love you forever and like you for always. Okay, back to the episode. That's the part that I think is interesting is that we all have these these ways that we can pull it together to look more kind of polished. And then, you know, your like significant other gets the realness where I don't have any eyebrows and I have purple under eye bags and everything like that. But what's so interesting about the the way you talk about things is that a lot of that when you don't have makeup on is really when you start to see how you're treating your body and what you're doing and your rituals with your skincare and stuff, which I just have to say as a uh, I don't know. I mean, I still kind of am a tomboy when it comes to like self-care. That's like the last thing on my list. You are talking to like one of the biggest tomboys you're ever going to meet right here. <laughs> oh don't let gosh. this blunder fool you. <laughs> See, I love that. I'm pretty sure the kid versions of ourselves would love to like get together and play G.I. Joe's and, <laughs> and be super competitive. <laughs> um, yeah. But I've always resisted that kind of repetitive. Also, I have ADHD, so it's hard to do anything in that kind of. I'm a Virgo. Way. I hear you. Yeah. So it sounds like really a part of what you're talking about that's so important is the inside and the ritual element of it. Is that right? The cultivated body, mind, spirit, energy practices. Yeah. Let's dig into that. That's because... like the quadfecta. You cannot put that in a bottle. I, I promise <laughs> you, it's impossible. It. It really takes a lot of effort. So some of the things that you mentioned were, you know, nerves around nervousness around aging or fear around aging or getting to a certain age and then you don't get booked. Well, why would you want to support those companies that are doing that anyways? Let's just talk about conscious consumerism for a hot second and mm -hmm. all of these get gimmicks. Like, please, let's go down the rabbit hole of anti-aging gimmicks because they irritate the heck out of me. And I've actually done a number of episodes talking about conscious consumerism. And especially with a lot of celebrity endorsed things, we have to really kind of go within. It's like, why would we be buying this product? What is the benefit we're expecting to get out of it? Does it have excess packaging? Does it actually list the ingredients that are in that product when you're pre-ordering or buying it? I see this all the time. It drives me mental. Yeah. So people are buying things without actually knowing the ingredients that's in it. You yeah. need to become smarter. Well, let's talk about that, the the consumerism aspect of it, because it definitely, people like me, for sure, I'm always looking for like the fast, easy fix. Fast, what is it? Fast, easy, cheap, um, which you can only ever get two that of those ends at up one time. Becoming more expensive in the long run and creating a lot less waste and likely exposing yourself to an increased number of toxins. Yes. Okay. So psychologically, what do you think? What are the strings that they're trying to pull on for us? 
Yeah, I actually went on a deep dive with this with Leslie Miranda. She's a psychotherapist. She's the regular psychotherapist on my podcast, the Rachel Barger podcast. We talked about just this. I'm like, Leslie, as a psychotherapist, what do you think about this phenomena of people just spending their hard-earned cash on these celebrity-endorsed products that have no clinical data, that are full of toxins like parabens, phthalates, sulfates, artificial dyes, fragrances, and they don't care about the ecological impact of their packaging because they're doing it to make it social media worthy so that more people go on and share it. So she says something really cool in that episode. I recommend you check it out and listen to the whole thing. But a lot of times people will purchase certain products that are endorsed by people that they followed, either because they want to support them, but mainly because they want to feel like they have a piece of them. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Because it makes you feel closer to that person. And so it, to me, it makes sense. It's the same mechanism that you would like an, an influencer who really has the background, like you, for example, with your YouTube channel and things, you have the background, you have the research. And so taking that recommendation might be a great thing. Whereas finding somebody that you feel really emotionally connected to, but doesn't at all have <laughs> the, the background or, you know, mm. the education or the interest to really research it then that might just be because I'm fangirling, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, and I think something that I've really observed over the last little while, and in fact, I was watching a product reveal launch with one of my girlfriends, and I was looking at this this uh, celebrity talking about her new products. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not here to pick on anybody. I actually hate doing plastic surgery reviews on my YouTube channel, but for some reason, y'all love it. <laughs> Y'all love a guilty celebrity plastic surgery video. Yeah. It drives me bonkers. It's like, why can't I have higher views on the really, like, the really rich stuff? And I was just looking at this individual's eyes and they were just dead. They were flat. I want you guys to pay really close attention to some of these people in Hollywood and celebrities, how they are in real life, in live. What is coming through in their eyes? Are you seeing radiance come through or are you just seeing like, some PR thing just out to make a lot of money. Well, who would you say that you can think of where you do really see that radiance? I've seen a lot of clients of mine. Like, yeah, a but lot. like, okay, like famous people we would know. Like Jennifer mm. Aniston seems radiant to me. She seems super fun. I would yeah. totally love to hang out with her. Jane Fonda, I love her. She is hilarious. I think that she has, I have a, obviously a plastic surgery video on her too. Because mm. um, y'all requested it. And she's really fun. Like she's she's got that like spunk. She's got that spark. Uh, don't be fooled. She's literally had every single procedure under the sun three times, but she is still smoking. Uh, yeah. But you know, she's been very open about her past history of being an actress and some of the pressures that she felt from her family to look and be a certain way. And that's got to be really tough. But uh, let me ponder on the celebrity who I think has. Um, you know, a high level of radiance because to be honest, nothing is really jumping to mind. Oh, okay. I've never been, you, you're asking some really solid questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just so curious because I mean, there are some of these actors that we've totally grown up with, right? Like I think of Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Aniston. Um, oh, who's the other Jennifer from 30 going on 30? Or no, 30... Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she was super fun. Yes, absolutely. And so, well, all of Jennifer like, Garner. Yes, Viola, 
Jennifer Garner. That's exactly. Yeah, she's and so like cheating. Viola Davis. And there just there are certain actors that I feel like have been in my consciousness. Audrey Hepburn. Yes. I okay. feel like she has radiance. So she radiance. would do a, like a lot of dancing. She was big into the arts. That was her outlet. And I think it's great to look at celebrities that have various outlets because that's actually how we release our shadow sides and entertain that shadow side, which is like a whole other topic of getting to know yourself and not letting your subconscious or unconscious run the show. It's a very deep topic. I do talk about that on the podcast. I have a whole episode on shadow work. And if you haven't really done that type of work, I recommend you do it. You'll unpack a whole other layer to yourself. I mean, I'm not sure about that term specifically. If I've heard a lot about, I've heard more anecdotally, right? But I think energetically thinking about that kind of negativity leaks out. And I think a great example is, I mean, you're on YouTube. There there are people who just like write really mean shit. And I'm just going to put it out there. I honestly don't attract that. I, I really don't. I'm really grateful. I mean, yes, I've seen it a couple of times, but it is overwhelmingly positive. And I'm so grateful for all of you who support me just right before this call. I got an email and uh, someone just sent me a note through my website, rachelvarga.ca. And uh, her name's her name's Madeline. I remember her name. And she listened to an interview I did with uh, Nadine on sort of like the the Celtic wheel and calendar and how we can actually optimize what we're doing based on the seasons and getting connected to the earth. So that was really sweet. I get a lot of that. Okay. I mean, which I I think, I mean, I think I would agree too. Like I've only gotten one piece of feedback which is just like you talk too much (laughs) and then the other um, (laughs) the other wasn't even like that much hate but it was just like uh chapstick I think is what they said um because obviously I wasn't drinking water and at the time I hadn't put filler in my lips at all and so I had like you know the amount of wrinklage that often happens with lips Hi, just chiming in really quick to tell you that right now we're a brand new baby podcast, so we don't actually have any sponsors. However, if you are interested in sponsoring the podcast, here's what I can tell you. You can get in on the ground floor because our partnership prices are never going to be this low because we're figuring it out for the first time. So if you have a product, a service or something like that that you think will fully resonate with our soon to be massive Bold Bitch audience, all you have to do is go to boldbitch.com slash partnerships. And I can just tell you right now, I will be excited. I mean, if your product resonates, I am a walking infomercial. I love talking about products that I love. So I'll probably be excited to talk about yours. Okay. But really quickly, you are too perfect right now. And I want to understand like, because you have like the I can tell that you've done the work to like really attract abundance and have a positive mindset. You're fucking gorgeous. You're doing all this stuff. So what is the like, what's the other part of it? Like, what are you working on? What do you struggle with? You know what I mean? That helps that like your shadow work, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'll tell you straight up what I struggle with. I struggle with um, with being overwhelmed with people around me. So I'm 100% an empath. And lots, there's so much that goes out with that and, and involved in that. So actually, definitely one of my biggest flaws is getting overwhelmed by energy. So whether being in the city sounds, sounds just like, oh, they, it's like static on my energetic airwaves. 
So I literally have to hop in my Jeep and like go in the bush three hours out of cell reception, go off grid, phones off. We're not talking like silent. We're not talking airplane mode. It's off and no Bluetooth or other sounds around me. I'll go with one of my best friends and I just like really have to empty that way. And it's kind of a huge pain in the butt. I wish (laughs) I didn't have to do that. Um, we all have, we all have our flaws, right? So some of my flaws might be, you know, I like to have foods I enjoy. I don't follow like a strict diet. I'm totally a flexitarian. I'll eat what feels good. I might pay for it the next couple of days. And then my hubby's a pro athlete. He's like, Rachel, have you exercised in the last day or two? Like, and how does he know because of your, your mood or how preoccupied you get? Or is there some like telltale sign? Well, he's um he's a six-time pro world champion kickboxer, so he'll hold pan pads for me and stuff like that. So a lot of times we'll do that activity together, which is great. And he's like, you got to, you know, get better at doing that stuff by yourself, hit the bag by yourself, make your own workouts. And so it's good to have people in your corner that are going to call you on your SHIT and totally. encourage you to be your greatest version. Do you know what is so interesting? I just actually listened to another one of the the episodes on the Bulletproof podcast, I just heard somebody talking about working out with somebody else releases more oxytocin. And so you end up getting better gains. So maybe that can be your excuse. (laughs) Like we should know we should just work out together because it's actually really impacting my gains from this session because- Well, it's actually impact, right? Like he's holding the hand hand pads and I'm either punching or kicking him. Which is yeah. kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm obviously <laughs> getting the aggression out. Well, and so that's one thing that I wonder is because when we talk about beauty and we talk about aging, we talk about all of that stuff. It's to your point. It's like it's very. It's the surface reflection of what's going on that's deeper, right? And and our energy can ooze out, and you can tell if somebody's radiating from the inside out, or yeah. if they're really, you know, putting on the topical creams, but it's not really resonating with their internal energy. So when you're seeing that, what are kind of the areas like you talked about, like mind, body, spirit, what what are the things that you're typically seeing that are kind of those radiance blockages that are coming mm. out in other ways? Yeah. I mean, I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, you talk about so many wonderful things on your YouTube and here on the show and let's just talk about the shadow side of yeah. the beauty and rejuvenation industry for a hot second. I'm on a mission to change it. I write academic papers on rejuvenation to the upper um, face area. You can check out, just Google my name on PubMed. You'll find my paper. I just submitted another one for the jawline. But my next one is going to be about promoting safety and not, you know, putting people's health at risk with treatments if they have underlying health conditions and I'm going to be creating algorithms for other physicians and nurses to follow and help to reduce rates of adverse events and just promote health and wellness but some of the shadow sides of rejuvenation is is full-on body dysmorphia and I do see this sometimes so people are looking at getting a rejuvenation procedure to make them feel better and it's my job to identify that in somebody and say Mm -hmm. nope I'm sorry, I'm not going to, um, you know, do any treatments for you, if, especially if they have a, a history of being overtreated. Well, and how does that reaction go? Uh, well, actually, a lot of times it can be taken very well because oh. I'll 
actually be honest with individuals. If say they've come to meet with me in the clinic or online, I do virtual consults for people all over the world to help them figure out what to do at home and in the clinic. And they're actually probably 90% of the time grateful for the honesty because they've been going to another clinic and they just get used to say their cheeks being a certain fullness or their lips. And so I'll just review their, their facial ratios and be very honest if they're in alignment or out of alignment and there's been a distortion and how can I make you look better by, by maybe dissolving some filler that was placed incorrectly and is creating edema or distortions or, you know, too much fullness. So usually it's well received. And if it isn't, I just simply won't see that individual again. And that's okay. I don't want to perpetuate anything like that. I don't feel good about doing. Yeah. That realness of of sometimes needing to fire a client if you know that you're not, they're not going to get what they want from you because you're just not a good fit. And there's nothing wrong with that. They can go to another spot and um, get the the treatment that they're wanting. And that's, that's totally fine. That's totally their choice. Yeah. So when you're looking at someone's face, how much are you able to analyze? Like, can you kind of tell, I mean, obviously there are things you can see like asymmetry and ratios, but are there certain things about how they're living that you can look at and say, hmm, you look like, I don't know, you've been a smoker or, you know, things like that, that you can just tell by looking at someone? Yeah, to be honest, it's pretty funny. (laughs) So sometimes my clients that come to meet with me for the first time in their, you know, 50s or 60s, they've lived a really healthy lifestyle. I'm on the West Coast of Canada. So we're kind of like the California of of Canada where I am. So we're outside a lot, um, you know, getting outside in nature. There's not really much else to do out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of times people have photo damage, but they'll have all this facial aging, brown spots, loss of elastin collagen, fine lines, wrinkles, sagging skin, but they got the radiance because they're looking after themselves. It's really fascinating. And sometimes I'll meet with someone who's in their 20s that mid-20s or 30s rather that um, you know doesn't have those signs of aging but they don't have they don't have that radiance so that's that's kind of a really interesting thing that I started to notice yeah yeah because I've totally seen those people like the you know 60 year old surfer who's like craggle face and whatever but just there's something about them that you're just like I want to be near you you're enjoying yeah. life so much more than me well yeah, that's totally- right yeah. <laughs> you got that maps from the board. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Um, so, okay. So here's my question about, like, about you. Like, if you can talk about your own experience. Because when I look at your face, you have the dynamic movement, right? Like, I can tell what your expressions are. You don't have the, Just like, the right freeze amount. Burn face. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't feel like you hate me so far because I can tell in your face. Um, But you also like I can see the places for me that I notice are really bothering me, like the like under eye area and all of that stuff. You don't have that or like movement there. So how does that how did you achieve that? And what is it about? Are there certain types of faces where you'll see more of like under eye wrinklage than than other types based on bone structure or something? 100%. So the things that age us are loss of fat, right? For example, the malar fat pad, we lose fat in the marionette zone here. And we also lose bone. We lose our zygomatic bone, our upper and lower maxilla recesses back. 
and then we lose uh, collagen and elastin. I make aging sound super awesome, but trust me, <laughs> you're it just, just it, the it, best it, salesperson on that one. It's it's really all your perspective, and I just want to give a shout out to Tear Trough Filler. I got so sick and tired of fixing like two botched tear troughs a week last year. So I wrote a paper on it on an algorithm to offer safer rejuvenation to the eye area without going straight to tear trough filler because I was having to dissolve it and fix it. It's just, uh, this is a hypermobile spot. So we have our our tissue here in our lower eye bag. If you're listening, I'm pointing to my lower eyelid. Uh, The skin here is actually as thin as an eggshell. So that's why we get dark under eye circles, right? We're seeing the blood flow. We're seeing the color of the muscle underneath the tissue. My best hack for dark under eye circles is a little concealer and keeping up with your skincare, your cleanser, moisturizer, and mineral sunscreen around the eyes all the time. I'm happy. Just reach out to me. Send me email info at rachelvarga.ca. I'll get you sorted. Yeah, I'm totally going to do a virtual consultation. 100%. I want you to analyze me. I want you to like tell me about all the things. Because also I think part of it that's really tough for somebody who's in a newbie to the whole like skin game is you can, you know, mix like to me, I'll get like something that really resonates with me that I'm like, oh, this feels good. I feel good doing it. And then I layer a sunscreen mm-hmm. over it and then it beads off or flakes or, oh, you know, yeah. so they're, Formulation. Yeah, 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 like figuring out that the order and just all of that stuff can feel very overwhelming. And so I think mm-hmm. having an expert to go to who can really see what's going on with your skin, see what you need. Um, okay, but you, but I'm still like, I'm obsessing about Let's it. Let's talk because- about the eyes. I wasn't done yet. I'll share yeah, okay. my Let's keep some, going. Like, little nuggets uh, around the eyes. So uh, we have fat here, which we lose, and then we'll eventually get that malar uh, divot here and then also the bone. But we have muscles around the eyes. So we have a circular muscle group around the eyes called your orbiculars oculi. And when it gets really um, tense, it will uh, kind of retract inwards when you're laughing or smiling. And then it can lead to actually stretching of your upper and lower eyelid here. So one of my favorite ways to reduce um, fullness to the lower eyelid area here is to, um, you know, maybe address it with a little bit of neuromodulator. So I'm not making medical claims, but neuromodulator is like a type of product that's been used since the 90s. Um, You can reference this information. I can talk about this stuff because it's actually in the literature, Uh, but there's other names that you might know like Botox, or there's other alternatives like Zeomin. Um, I actually have a whole chart in there where I list the molecular weight of the product. So there actually are some cleaner options on the market than others. That's what I tend to gravitate to is cleaner always wins in my, in my opinion. Uh, but we can get some really nice effects with injectables. However, they're going to be the last thing that I, I recommend on your journey to uh, really improving your skin. And it's really focusing on your skin health first. So nourishing the skin here is key. Protecting it with your sunscreen is key. And maybe doing some at-home treatments like dermal rolling is great. There's some lasers that can be used uh, if your provider is confident, but not all technology is created equally. So I'll help, help you navigate that because there is so much garbage out there in clinics. And uh, yeah, just maintaining the collagen. I take a ton of collagen. Um, but yeah, I'll get some laser treatments like a BBL once a year, a resurfacing treatment I haven't had to do in a while. Hydrofacials a handful of times a year. 
neuromodulators twice a year. So just kind of keeping on top of some of the aging aspects that you're noticing when they're happening can Mm -hmm. actually be a really good strategy as opposed to just waiting until you're 50 and 60. And then it's kind of redoing the foundation, um, you know, of the house, essentially. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what I do. A little bit of everything. Yeah. So I just did, I'm saying Botox. It wasn't Botox, but a neuromodulator. I can't remember which one. Um, recently for the first time. And one of the things after having done it, so I'm glad I can ask you about this, is that I saw somebody online. He's a, he's a doctor who talks on YouTube about health and yada, yada, yada. But he was talking about, I I can't remember. He's the, okay, wait, Dr. Ackberg, I think. So there's Dr. Berg. And then there's the, I think it's Ackberg is, is his channel. But he was talking about Botox. It was like an old video. And he was talking about neuromodulators and how they tax the liver. And if you have any like detoxification pathway issues that that can exactly be really what I'm writing in. my paper in my next paper on. Okay. So what so what is the deal with that? Yeah. So basically, if you have an underlying health condition and um, a lot of times you'll go to a clinic and your providers won't actually know about this concept. So I presented on this topic with my jawline paper um, that I just submitted to the Plastic Surgical Nursing Journal that I serve as the executive board member, talking about badass bitches here. I'm as scientific <laughs> and nerdy as uh, as it gets. Uh, I know, like, just, just so people out there know, like, your bio is deservedly so long that I had to think about what I could actually include because you have just, like, done so much. And yeah. And had such a crazy, amazing impact. Yeah. Like you're definitely, you know, rocking it. Thank you. I just, I care. Honestly. So last year I presented at my nursing conference, International Society of Plastic and Aesthetic Nurses in California on, you know, an alternative to going straight to tear troughs. And I thought for sure I'd get backlash from my colleagues. And I actually had an overwhelmingly positive response. See, this is, I could have attracted the other, but I didn't set myself up for that energetically. And then in my last paper talking about the jawline, um, there are some fat dissolving products out there, but it hasn't really been on the market long enough for us to truly know some of the long-term effects. Never go for the latest and greatest. Never go for the bright, shiny object. You want to make sure it's been used on the masses for a number of years. Uh, But yeah, I just straight up said to my community um, what my next paper is going to be. And it is going to be providing algorithms for different tests that we can have our clients take that will unpack and kind of reveal if there's detoxification pathway blockages or underlying health stuff. So this is really important. But oftentimes when you go into a clinic, the provider just might not know about it. Kind of just like brainwashing from going to all the the pharmaceutical conferences. So if you find a provider and they actually know about that stuff, that's a really good sign that they care about putting your health first and foremost, as opposed to just having you show up and doing a treatment that you ask for. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's really important because I have, I mean, just, you know, not to make it about me, but I have just, like I said, done neuromodulators for the first time. And I know for a fact I have liver issues. So that's why I was like, going through it because I have like a mold issue and I think an issue with that detoxification pathway. So that makes sense to me that I might need to ease or like not do it again for a while until everything kind of gets in a better, healthier zone. And then maybe, 
see about it in the future. But that's kind of disconcerting that it didn't really, you know, come up. A lot. There's actually just not a lot of awareness, right? So that's what my uh, next paper is going to do. It's just just going to put that on aesthetic physicians and aesthetic nurses' radar, which is great. And for me, sharing that perspective at this conference again, overwhelming positive feedback, saying, "Rachel, I've kind of been, you know, thinking about that," and then you just shared it. So thank you for validating what I was thinking. So there's a lot of people out there that do understand the implications of not overtaxing our body. And unfortunately, we're just, um, we're kind of inundated with a lot of things in our skincare products or beauty products, self-care products, what we use in our home that can add to our toxic load. And it's really important to reduce that toxic load as much as possible. So EMFs and just noises are like one of my, when we were talking about flaws, that's like my one thing that I have to go to like a pretty extreme measure to kind of like empty from myself so I can recharge. You sound like a canary in the coal mine, like the the people who are very sensitive and that they can alert other people to things before other people are aware. Yeah, sure. Honestly, like my approach, injectables are really going to be one of the last things that I, I recommend people focus on. It's focusing on the skin health first. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so what are some of the things that are habits maybe that we do or don't do that people should be starting in their 20s. Like one of the things I immediately think of that I had no idea about is that you will look better if you sleep on your back. (laughs) And I, you know, forever I had been sleeping on my side and didn't even learn this till like a couple years ago. So what are some of those like just things that we should totally know to start thinking about that might be habits that we've had for a long time? Well, let's just talk about sleep. Optimizing your sleep is really key. So I'm wearing what's called an aura ring. This allows me to give. Yeah, there you go, girlfriend. This is like, (laughs) you see people with one of these are like, yeah, you're part of the club too. We Mm. care about our health, right? And optimizing your sleep is first and foremost. That is when your body is recharging. Really no point doing anything if you're not you know, sleeping well. Um, I do recommend a specific pillow. So if you check out my YouTube channel or just go to my rachelvarga.ca slash blog and just Google pillow or, or search pillow, um, you'll see one of my favorites. And um, But facial compression definitely does break down your fat and your bone and create vertical lines on the face. So the way we sleep and the quality of our sleep is really key. And also using a solid medical grade mineral-based sunscreen every day. And if you are in your late 20s, mid 30s and beyond, I do recommend that you go down the rabbit hole of medical grade skincare as opposed to just going to your local beauty store. I honestly don't even go into those big beauty stores anymore because the smells just make me feel ill. They're so overpowering. Yeah. And I feel like... um, Most of it's crap anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't don't remember (laughs) having been this sensitive before, but I think part of it is like I'm currently dealing with a mold toxicity issue. Mm. And I think that that has given me, similar to you in a way, like this extra sensitivity to where there are certain, you know, smells other people don't recognize. Like there are just certain things that are so offensive that, you know, I can't be in there. I'm also one of those people who can like walk into a room and then smell that slight tinge of must. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm out and everybody else can hang out there forever. And um, 
Yeah. And then I'll get totally sick. Good for you for being so in tune to that though and actually noticing that because a lot of people don't. Yes. Well, and I've been so fascinated because I know that you've done the Viome test, which I did too, I want to say like six months ago. And what's so fascinating to me is learning about that gut skin connection because Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that you, that has been happening to me is I'll get hives really quickly. And it took me a long time to realize, oh, there's something that I'm eating that's causing these hives that doesn't, you know, there are all these kind of connections that don't necessarily make sense. So what has your experience been like with yourself figuring that out? Yeah, I actually interviewed Naveen Jane on the show and also on my second podcast, Beauty and the Biohacker. podcast. That's a really fun one. So I have two shows and yeah, he's been on both of them. He is a wealth of knowledge. He is one of those kind of very forward thinking individuals. These gut tests, just to give you guys reference point, um, used to be a couple grand. Now they're like three, $400. And you get this really sweet readout on your phone through their, the Viome app. And what I actually noticed when I took that, that test was my gut scores were below average. And if you were to ask me, you know, are you a healthy individual? I'd say, heck yeah, like a resounding yes. And I looked at my scores. I'm like, wow, like good thing I did this test now in my mid 30s so that I caught the yellow flags before they became orange flags and red flags. Then I got my mom to do the test because she was having some gut issues. And now she's been able to modify the foods that she has been eating and not just eating quote unquote healthy foods, but foods that are healthy for her and testing that and not guessing that. Well, and that was the thing that was interesting in watching that that interview that you did is that I think for you, like sweet potatoes were a superfood. And for me, it was like, avoid, don't have any of those. And, you know, it's always interesting when you do tests like that, because there's always a part of me that's skeptical that's like, are they just saying this because it's super healthy for everybody? And then in watching things like that and comparing them to my own, really realizing like, no, this is super catered to what's going on, what what the microbiome is doing. And there are certain foods that like don't, because I was the same as you with coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's like, the worst. Please. So I asked Dave Asprey about that because he's a friend of mine. I said, do I really need to avoid coffee? Dave's like, no, don't worry about that one. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Funny. Because that, yeah, that's like something that, you know, I just, that's like a source of deep joy and happiness. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I'm like, quality of life here? I don't know. But yeah. Um, Okay. So what do you think? Well, okay. This is just like me for my own curiosity. What is like the most egregious thing that you've ever seen people like do to their skin or whatever that they thought was going to be great and was just like totally stupid or yeah. Got a really good answer for this one. DIY injectables. Yeah. So last year um, at the same uh, International Society of Plastic and Aesthetic Nursing Conference, we kind of all just banded together and we pulled off of social media all of our treatment videos. So a lot of us that are part of this community have done that in order to protect the consumer And um, the issue with DIY stuff is you can literally buy anything online. If you've seen the Netflix show called Broken, you understand that the counterfeit beauty and supplement industry is uh, even more lucrative. So they say in that uh, that show 
more lucrative than the drug and trafficking trade. So Mm. you can easily get that fake Louis Vuitton handbag too. It says it's real, but it's not. Just like trying to find that syringe of hyaluronic acid filler. Like you people have no concept of the training that goes into becoming an injector that can skillfully and safely place the product. And it's not just like, okay, there you go. Hope for the best. It's like, it's a lot more than that. And the DIY injectable is probably the most terrifying thing that I've seen. So we've kind of um, tried to do our part to pull all of our treatment videos off the, uh, off the interweb. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, see, and I didn't, I didn't notice that that was a thing that a lot of them had disappeared because of that. But that totally makes sense because I have yeah. seen. OK, so I'm thinking about now I've seen a few videos like what was the. um, It was like that thing that was in vogue maybe a year or two that was a little puncturing. Oh, um, gosh. Oh, yeah. The high pressure um, hyaluronic acid pens. You can still yes. get occlusions from those just because you can buy cigarettes from your petrol station doesn't mean it's good for you. You can still get fast food. Doesn't mean it's good for you. You can order anything you want online. Doesn't mean it's good for you. So a really great DIY thing that you can do at home. Love this is dermal rolling, but do not buy your roller off a third party website. You got to know what you're doing. There is a method to the madness. If you see that it's like a 10 to 20 use roller. I work with ones that are going to last you a year and a half to two years and that have been manufactured by companies that have been making them since the 90s and then using the right products like hyaluronic acid, lactic acid, um, and retinol, glutathione, vitamin B complex to then be absorbed transdermally. But you got to go with what's going to give you results and what's evidence-based. So do you think that um, the dermal rolling so the dermal rolling is something that we can do but we should just have to know how to do it so i people love connecting with me to kind of pick my brain on that because you don't just want to buy a roller and go at it yourself it's like getting a retinol you don't just want to start using a retinol without having your basics covered so yeah i help people navigate that i I have my rollers actually right over there yeah yeah oh little guest appearance I feel like I'm bringing um, props to the show. This is kind of cute. <laughs> You're like, I'm behind door number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So there's a couple of different depths. And um, I kind of go over what depth I think might be right for you. But this is what some of them look like. Uh, so there's surgical steel needles. And yeah, this is well, another And they one. kind of do look like a toy. Like they look like the kind of, if you think about like a, lawn, a traditional lawnmower, that you have that you push, they kind of look a little bit like that. Like but a lawn are, aerator. Yeah. You yes. Okay. But these are really high quality and obviously don't have toxins. Ooh, that cool. I lo- this is actually yeah. my favorite. There's just something about the weight of it. Um, yeah. So those are really fun. And to be totally honest, uh, with lockdown, I had to seriously revisit what I do at home to keep my skin on point. And what that allowed me to discover is actually, if I do more things at home, as opposed to just, you know, getting my hydrofacials every month around that time of the month to get rid of breakouts, if I just have the right products on hand, I can make my breakouts go away in like two or three days. My skin's actually better now than when I used to get a ton of laser treatments because I've been really 
like extra diligent and really incorporating dermal rolling back into my routine, you know, taking collagen once or twice a day, taking the right science-backed skin nutrients. There's actually some really great products out there that have clinical data to reduce inflammation in the skin, like redness, red acne scarring, accelerated aging, and actually giving a degree of photoprotection from the inside out. So I can take certain supplements and go outside longer and not burn as fast. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. Well, it sounds like, I mean, from what I know about kind of that that healing and healing your gut and really trying to get into this place where you can start to radiate, that there are these habits that you can stack on top of it, that when everything is really working together, you can reverse some of those signs that we're seeing of of aging at, you know, 37. But do you have things like, do you try not to look down to get the tech neck? Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) honestly, like you'll see 16-year-olds with tech neck. Sometimes Mm -hmm. these little lines here, there's things that it's okay to embrace as you age. Like, would I want to get rid of, you know, my cute little smile lines here? Actually, not really. One one of the things when I got in the industry over 10, 10 years ago, I would look around the room at different events and I'd see some of uh, my fellow uh, injectors there. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to be that. <laughs> because what what was it about them? that uh, The distortions. Like- uh. So their um, disconnection within the ideal ratios and the distortions that say they had a treatment. It was kind of Maybe they were treated at like a training day and it didn't turn out so awesome. Then they just kind of get used to it. Or, you know, there's other factors as well. But yeah, there's so many cool things we can do for the lips to non-injectably actually promote collagen. I dermal roll my lips. I use a lip sunscreen. Uh, There's a specific one that I like to use because it's medical grade, mineral based, and doesn't have any paraben salate, sulfates, artificial dyes, fragrances, and it's not tested on animals. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I would never have thought to put sunscreen on my lips. But All the time. Also skin, totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So what about people who are highly melanated and, you know, highly favored in, in that regard? Do we have differences in the things we need to think about, different ingredients or, or things like that? Absolutely. So one of my downsides aging is that I'm actually really prone to skin cancers because I don't have a lot of melanin in my skin. I think when I was 21, I actually had an atypical mole removed from my back because another flaw about me, I used to use tanning beds from age 18 to 20. And yeah, so I uh, definitely- That's not that long though compared to other people, but thank goodness. Thank goodness, James. <laughs> those, those really cute, by the way. Um, so I have to really be on top of that. And other skin types are going to say have a predisposition to more things like pigmentation or deposits of uh, kind of like a buildup of melanin in the skin to create things like age spots and brown spots. And certain skin types, there are certain lasers or rejuvenation options that are contraindicated. So no matter what your skin type is, you got to love it. You got to look after the basics, cleanse morning and night, moisturize morning and night, sunscreen every single day, exfoliate a couple times a week, then maybe think about incorporating some of the other extras. But focusing on your your, um, your skin health first and foremost is key. And I did another interview with Beth O'Hara. We were talking about 
um, getting back to detoxification pathway blockages, sometimes uh, hyperpigmentation can be a sign of some things going on in the background. So it's really important to start to take cues from your skin. I got to say, when I take the time to get out in nature, and we're talking, like I said, three hours into the bush, no cell reception, like, trust me, I'm in my Jeep. There's nobody around. If I have a mechanical breakdown, I got to fix it myself. And I have. (laughs) Um, So thank you, high school mechanics. That was very helpful. I'm like, that gives you so much anxiety just thinking about trying to address what's going on. So that's impressive. But I swear it's like just getting out there. And especially if it's kind of like misty and the air is super clean, I swear my skin is better with more time outside. And I have a really good uh, talk with Dr. Elka Cook on the podcast where we talk about the exchange of our microbiome when we're talk touching the trees and you know grounding and things like that it can actually be really supportive to mm-hmm. for for all sorts of things and i'm definitely that chick in the forest that's like hugging the trees so don't laugh literally at me literally hugging the trees yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is probably good for your oxytocin also there yeah, grounding and yeah, yeah i love i love trees look for like the most stately tree where you are and just kind of pay attention to it. And that's a whole other gamut. There's a a really cool book, actually. Uh, If you're just trying to kind of understand a little bit more of this amazing earth around us, um, there's a really cute book actually called Conversations with the Tree. And I'm not like saying it's it's truthful or anything. I just found it actually quite entertaining that uh, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in nature. And one of the things I do when I'm in nature is I'll put my hands on the earth and I'll just say, Now, I'm really grateful that for this beauty and I look for the beauty around me. So we're not just talking beauty about our skin. We're talking about the beauty around us. And when we start to live in that way, we just notice more beautiful things around us. It brings more beauty uh, into our awareness. It's a bit bit woo, but that's that's my jam. Well, yeah, I love the woo because I feel like, well, I I have a whole history with it, but I spent so long running away from it and trying to be mm. really masculine and really in control and really into science. And then I had a very woo-woo mom who grew up with like the Celestine Prophecy and Circle of Stones and like nature energy and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And And it's been a really humbling, I think, beautiful process to come back to that kind of reverence for nature. And an understanding that, I mean, at least for me, how I feel is that, you know, we're all connected with energy and whatever you call that energy is totally up to you. And that there is a way to really connect with the highest expression of yourself and have that yeah. connect Which with one? other energy. Huh? Which one? Like there's, that's a whole other topic. It's like um, overlapping, right? There's things that we can't see around in this world right thanks to particle physics and the particle accelerator where we can actually see all that stuff using really sweet technology that's actually my number one holiday that i want to do i want to go bike around the particle accelerator and you're at that i don't don't even i don't know what that is particle accelerator what is it it's only the largest thing that humankind has ever made so it has been built to essentially study the interactions between particles and measure them. And uh, what it's actually helped to do is be able to kind of fill in the gaps in um, different physics models. It's really cool. So we discovered the Hosen-Biggs particle uh, 
field. So when you're talking about things are are very interconnected, and that's what's actually the glue is the Higgs-Boson field. And this was um, actually discovered uh, within the last number of years. There's a really good TED Talk on it called Our Universe Exists on a Knife ed- Knife's Edge. And if you kind of want to go down the rabbit hole and learn about technology and the space in between everything, that uh, is actually kind of some of the science behind how we really are so connected to each and everything around us, the rocks, the ores, the minerals, the trees, the earth, the galaxy, all of us as, as humans. And I think the sooner that we all realize that, that we are all one and what's good for you is good for me. And to really kind of put those cultural distortions behind us is, I think, really going to be a really positive thing. And there's a lot of beauty in that. I love that. Um, Hold on just one second. I just realized that my camera like went somewhere. Yeah. And I still can't see it. This is like a new tech. And I always try to be the early adopter. Do you know why that happened, Gia? Why? Did you hear what I said? About the particle fields? Did you hear the like the whole thing I said? Yeah. Yeah. Technology glitches when you acknowledge stuff like that. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so note to self, don't <laughs> talk about particle fields on the No, podcast. it's like anyone listening, if they're like technology freaks out around me, that's like my girl, my best friend. This happens all the time to her. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. So is it like a good thing? I don't know. It doesn't really happen to me very often, but it did when I shared that. And I think it's just something that's on my heart. And I think the more we kind of um, start to look at things in a more unifying way, um, I think that's going to be a really positive thing. There's a lot of beauty in that. Oh, I love that. Well, and I do, I really appreciate you coming from that perspective of really incorporating all of who we are and trying to see it in that way. Because, um, yeah, all of these things aren't discrete, separate objects or discussions. It is really about integrating everything. And I think particularly when we talk about something like beauty, it's so easy to think surface. And it's a lot harder to acknowledge that like your trauma might be informing how beautiful you're perceived to be. And yeah, culture, distortions, traumas, those all impact the way that we interact with people, places and things. So let's just do things in a more beautiful way. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You ready for the G-Speed round? Bring it on. <laughs> okay. Um, so you just, with this, you know, answer the first thing that comes to mind. Teen heartthrob. Oh, my God. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> yes. Okay. And I am gay as the day is long, but I was absolutely in love with him. Yeah. I think partly in hindsight JTT. now because he, yeah, he's, he's pretty interesting. Totally <laughs> had his that time. posters yeah. on my wall growing up. Oh my gosh, I love it, JTT. (laughs) (laughs) We just became best friends. Okay, um, your biggest pet peeve? Sounds. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense when you talked about your sensitivity. Yeah, hearing other people, it's just like, it's like static on my airwaves. And isn't it called, is it misophonia? Is that what it's called? Or I think, I don't know if that's a particular thing, but there's something when people don't like tapping sounds. But for you, it's more than that. It's like, yeah, it's like hearing car door slam, other people's dogs barking when like you're trying to have a moment. Yeah. 
You're like, you're <laughs> fucking up my airspace. Stop it. Okay. Um, the worst piece of advice you ever got. Oh. I don't know about that one. Anything oh. that, oh, yeah. Uh, so I have it's like stupid curly hair, right? It's been like the bane of my existence growing up. It's really difficult to have this, you know, crazy curly hair. And, you know, I've discovered the round brush. Um, so I think the worst advice I ever had was to try Velcro rollers in my hair. And they got stuck. Oh, yeah. I and my dear totally... mom actually had to cut some out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can totally see that being a doozy. Well, and it's always one of those things. Like, I grew up, I have very curly hair. And everybody always wanted my hair. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted, you know, Jessica's hair from next door. So that totally makes sense. Okay. When you are being your most dorktacular self, you're by yourself, you're just like geeking out in your dorkdom, what are you doing? What are you I'm listening watching to like all the documentaries on the CERN Large Hadron Collider or stuff about space. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. You're such a nerd. That makes me happy. Such a nerd. That's why I loved interviewing Naveen Jain because he is actually um, the first human to own the rights to mine on the moon. Wow. And he has his virgin uh, SpaceX ticket to the moon for him and his son already. So if you have $55 million lying around, you too can purchase your next holiday to space. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What a tremendous gift. Could you imagine? It's like, where do you summer? That's my first question. (laughs) Yeah. Because I can just imagine that kid conversation where it's like, oh yeah, well, we go to the Alps. And he's like, well... My dad is taking me to space. So (laughs) I love the preparation with that. Like scuba diving was a really cool challenge for me to learn for a big, it was actually a week long photo shoot I did in Belize. I actually uh, was kind of like brought down there to go scuba dive with sharks and blue hole and all that cool stuff. So I I would say like learning to get in that spacesuit and like the technical aspect of all that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much so. Okay. Something that you thought at the time was a failure, but you realized was actually a gift after the fact. Hmm. I've had a lot of failures. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of failures. Um, it's probably something to do with my hair, to be honest. (laughs) Um, I used to put a lot of oil, olive oil in my hair and it would clog my drains really badly like my parents were choked when they had to hire a plumber and then it's like all this like do not use olive oil on oh your- my god i got that same advice from my gay uncle my uncle uh when i was you know about nine years old it was like just olive oil in it. and then also i couldn't wash it out so i just had greasy hair forever after do you remember that outrageous conditioner remember that brand oh. outrageous like the only no. thing that could like give my hair hold because i would rock the curls and stuff like that would be to like put a ton of conditioner to the fact that it was so much conditioner. It was acting like a gel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, And then I'm sure like running fingers through your hair was just a treat. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. It would (laughs) just end up being like some extra volume. Yeah, I know. I, to me, I, I actually brush my hair out before I get it wet. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's like 10 minutes that I look like full on pyramid situation. And everybody who's ever been with me is like, the pyramid hair, yes. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm, no, 
bring Don't it you in love it when hairstylists would like do one layer for you and then you'd oh for sure gosh. get the pyramid head? Yes. Okay. Well, so one of my best friends that we were gaybies together, she's a brilliant hairstylist, but this was 10 years ago and we were both babies. And she cut my hair and she cut it wet, which totally makes sense if you have straight hair, you cut it wet. If you have curly hair, not so much. And she gave me like an asymmetrical bang. <laughs> so, and did she cut it super back? short too? So you lost all your weight and then you have, yes. yeah. I feel I you. literally, I went home and I got it wet and I looked in the mirror and I was like, my hair looks like a bad kiss wig right now, <laughs> like a 99 cent kiss wig. And I fucked up for, so I wore a headband for like six months. Because also there was like tiny little left side baby, like half inch curl and then going down (laughs) to the right side where it was like three inch. It was. Yeah. But to her credit, when it was straight, it looked amazing. I was just too lazy to ever straighten it. So, you know, live and learn, live and learn. Um, Okay, a trite, potentially trite mantra that is actually something that's been really helpful mantra um when i think mantra i think of like my morning and evening like prayer to mm-hmm. i do this all the time i get grounded um i ask for clearing i i get grounded so that's not necessarily a mantra so it kind of is very different for everybody and it will take you time to kind of cultivate the right sort of like clearing and grounding practices that are going to be just right for you in the exact right way at exactly the right time but uh, I'd probably say one of my favorite mantras, you heard me say it before I started recording, was crisis averted. Yes. <laughs> and when I imagine you saying that, it's like with a mic drop moment. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to drop a mic. Mics are super expensive. So when you see people For doing sure. that, that's like the AV team is just like super mad at that person. Do not do that. Losing do not drop a mic. <laughs> I'll drop, maybe I'll drop like my selenite or something. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Such a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what is a question in all of your interviewing and podcasts that nobody has ever asked you that would actually be a really good question to ask you? You've actually asked me a lot of great questions. I'm having a lot of fun here, to be honest. This is like, we're just hanging out and you're asking me all the, the cool questions. What is a question... Um, oh, do you know how to change your oil or do you know how to change a tire or change a fan belt or change a radiator hose? Stuff like that's kind of fun. I wish that yeah. people would like grill me on that stuff. Well, because I bet that people, you know, with our we always put people into buckets and stereotypes that because you're beautiful and put together and you have this whole life and business around beauty that nobody would imagine that you're in there with a wrench ratchet situation. I don't, I don't know tools. Sometimes it's that. zap straps and duct tape. Those sometimes work really well too. There you go. <laughs> Noted um, in case I try to change something before calling AAA, who will inevitably come to fix it because uh, I do not have that talent. Let, let's let that be known. Um, okay, so lastly... What does bitch mean to you? Mm, well, typically it's kind of like a negative connotation. Uh, I don't really use profanity in what I what I do. But, you know, I'd say that for me, bad bitch is kind of like, you know, I play electric guitar. I do like Pink Floyd Metallica renditions. 
And I'm like, I'd call myself a little bit of a bad bitch because of that. But that's just just like more male dominated stuff. So it's like for a woman to do that, it's kind of like it would have that kind of like edge, that bad edge on it. Yes, I love that. Well, and also you are, I'm trying not to use a violent language. So I was going to say you're killing it. But like, what's a good proxy for that? You are rocking it. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't really, I don't really don't like using that word. Because when I think that word, I think of someone who's like super low vibe, to be honest. Rocking? No, the B oh, word. killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what so, I think. It's almost like, I like I know your show is not about that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you're doing is beautiful. But that's kind of what comes to mind to me. But that's actually not a word I would really want to like call somebody. But mm-hmm. yeah, like a bit of a badass. That's a yes. better word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing. I think like you're really just out there doing so much good work, connecting with so many amazing people and really, to me, okay, to me, what I love about you, because I know we don't know each other very well, although I stalked you, so I feel like I know you, you know, the whole situation. (laughs) I feel like I know you very well now. It's really fun. We bonded over hair troubles and all sorts of things. Yes. I mean, we are literally best friends, but I do feel like there is something so amazing about somebody who has the audacity in a world where we are socialized to question what we think programmed and go with the crowd yes and you are just like you're out there putting yourself out there continually in a very visible way which is a hard thing when we are socialized to like not be the center of attention and not you know and i just i really love that you own who you are you own your accomplishments you own what you're trying to do and keep putting yourself out there in that way and I'm somebody that's perceived that way. And yes, I do. But also, I'm totally insecure at the same time. And so it's just so inspiring to me to see somebody who's out there doing it and is like that affirmation and reminder that like, yes, to do good in the world, a lot of times you have to put yourself out there in a big way and very consistently. And I just I love that about you. Gotta be sometimes just gotta be brave and go against the current if it's what feels right for you. I personally show up because I like saving people time and money and avoiding things like the beauty gimmicks and really focusing on things that are going to be healthier and cleaner options. And I do this work because I have people reaching out to me and thanking me for it. So I really appreciate the kind words from those who tune into this show and and on my show and things like that. that. Those kind words really do go a long way. I mean, we're all humans together, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think there is that perception that, you know, somebody who has influence and a lot of eyeballs and a lot of people listening that kind words won't necessarily resonate with them. Like, you know, why should I give her a compliment? When someone gives you a kind word, Gia, when someone says something kind to you, they're saying it to themselves as well. It's what we do to others is exactly what it ends up energetically coming back to us. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I have so loved having you on the podcast. And I know that everybody out there listening and watching is just so excited to connect with you. So what are the ways that we can connect with you, engage with you, enlist your services, all the things? Yeah. I hang out over at rachelvarga.ca. You can book a one-on-one call with me if you're looking for some customized guidance for what you can do at home, your skincare, dermal rolling. I do. Uh, discuss a few like biohacking options as well. 
that are customized and tailored to beauty and and your needs and also really give you a plan for what things might look like in the clinic for you. Um, so I spend an hour doing that because usually when you go to a clinic, you're only going to get about 15, 30 minutes of a consult. So I do an entire plan for you. So that's really fun. And yeah, check out the Rachel Varga podcast and also the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast for lots of free stuff. I do have a really lovely, sophisticated skin cheat sheet and treatment planning guide that is available for free at rachelvarga.ca. There's this little pop-up that will come up and when you subscribe to the newsletter, it's the first thing you're going to get. So that's a nice gift from me to you. Yay, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You are amazing. And I'm so grateful you're out there doing doing good things. So Gia, I'm just going to throw this out there. I actually want you to be on my show as well, because this was so much fun. I just want to continue the conversation. Let's do like a deep dive on things like beauty gimmicks. How does that sound? And yeah. celebrity stuff. I love that. Let's yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, because I mean, we're best friends, so we have to keep the connection going, obviously. So yes, I am in. Sounds okay, good. you are so amazing. And I know everybody's going to rush out to connect with you. So be prepared for your website to go down because it's going to be massive. By the way, please email me at info at rachelvarga.ca if you have any questions. I'm totally here to support you. Never feel like you're bothering me, but that's the best way to reach out because I do only give myself an hour a day on social media. So if you want to get a faster response, it's actually the best way. I love that. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Am I right? She is amazing. And okay, what's funny, I just do totally have to admit, is that she triggers this thing inside me that is like, she feels to me like the popular cool girl in high school. And I had one in particular on my dance team because, yes, I was on the motherfucking dance team. Generals. And there was this girl named Jamie P. And she just was the coolest. She looked like a Barbie doll. And she was and she had this quintessentially perfect body. And she was one of those humans that you just looked at and you wanted to hate her. except. She was lovely and wonderful and kind and generous. And despite me really wanting to be a petty, envious person, I really couldn't help but just fall in love with her. And actually, a weird side note is that I think I was like so obsessed with her. And this is like pre-gay. I don't even I wasn't even in touch with my sexuality. So I don't even think it was a sexual thing at all. It was just like so wanting to be her, idolizing her. That she talked in this weird like sideways. She would do the sideways thing with her mouth when she would talk. And I totally did it. And still sometimes when I watch footage back of myself, I'm like, holy shit, I'm talking like Jamie P. What is going on? It is okay to be you, Gia. It is okay to be you. So I've realized in our conversation that I kind of was getting those vibes. So you'll notice at one point I kind of just said like, hey, you're too perfect right now. Give us some flaws. Like, level it out a little bit because I'm feeling myself kind of triggered by your perfectionism or not perfectionism necessarily, but like her perfect, positive thinking, glowing, radiant self. And first of all, of course, in my adult brain, I'm thinking she should be able to show up however she wants. And I want that for her. You know, I want her to be living her most beautiful, glorious, radiant life. And it's not her fault that I'm (laughs) needy. I'm just like looking around at my behind the scenes and I'm just like, woo, okay. 
you're feeling inferior because you get some hate comments every once in a while. It is very few and far between. But, you know, my energy isn't fully aligned. So I was really appreciative that she was real and talked about some flaws and that we were able to connect in that way. But then I also really loved her message of actively trying to focus on the goodness. And I don't don't know how much you're going to know, but there were some weird tech issues and it happened to coincide with this conversation about, I, I can't even rephrase, but like fractal quantum physics stuff. So it did get a little like twilight zone, like do, 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 do. I think that's the theme from it. From it. Um, yeah. So I'm still like kind of ruminating on that for sure. But I don't know about you. I am definitely going to book a consultation with her because I want her to tell me all the things about my skin. And I just highly recommend you checking her out, going in and figuring out if this is something you're interested in, whether it's beauty or figuring out how to really emanate with that luminosity that you check her out because she just seems like such a cool human being. If this episode resonated with you, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, share with a friend or, you know, a friend of me. I have big plans for this podcast and your help in reaching more bold bitches truly means the world. Remember, you can find everything about each episode at boldbitch.com. And if you're a real one and you are in it to win it, I'm inviting you to join the Bold Bitch Mafia, where you can support our podcast and get exclusive access to full video versions of each episode and the weekly Bold Bitch debrief, where myself and producer Brittany get together, gab, spill the tea about each episode. It is the easiest mafia you'll ever join. Just go to boldbitch.com slash mafia. The Bold Bitch Podcast was created, hosted, and executive produced by myself, Gia Goodrich, and Goodrich Media. Our managing producer is the Honorable Brittany Blair Wright, and our editor and mix master is Danae Popovich. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram at the 